I have a word from the Lord for you good people today, and uh, I'm already preaching, and I'm not going to have you stand and read a text, but I am going to talk to you out of my heart what I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has put on my spirit when I begin to pray and seek the face of God for this meeting and begin to have people in our church pray and many of them even praying today and I want to say a great big thank you to the wonderful people of Diggins Apostolic Church and I'm so happy to have one of our young ministers, Brother Josh Ladd here with me today but with them praying and with me praying and seeking direction and Bishop Mayo having no idea what it was that God had put on my heart I kept feeling God speak so loudly and clearly into my spirit to talk to you from this thought, and that is this, a right here, right now, book of Acts Revival. A right here, right now, book of Acts Revival. When God began to put this on my heart, He began to bring some scriptures to my attention, and in the book of Isaiah, um, chapter number 59, God speaking what would seem like somewhat of a rebuke to his people. He said, Behold the Lord, his hand is not shortened that he cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But he went on to say, Your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Now, that if, if God was to speak through such an anointed prophet as Isaiah to a kingdom, a nation, a gathering of people, and that is where he would have stopped, it would have been a very troubling, very... Uh, tragic, very intimidating, overwhelming word. God went on speaking through him, and he began to talk about how that he was going to restore, and how he was going to bring restoration, and how he was going to extend salvation. And so you read in verse 19, the Bible says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west, his glory from the rising of the sun. And when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Now you need to remember these are prophetic words. These are promises being spoken and going forth. A Redeemer shall come to Zion, and to them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My Spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth, shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. I know that when they begin to pin this, they stopped and started the new chapter, but I want to just continue with these prophetic promises. Rise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, 
and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Verse number 21, thy people also shall be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in his time. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. Everybody shout promises. These are promises being prophetically foretold. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. They shall build up the old waste. They shall raise up former desolations. They shall repair the waste cities and the desolations of many generations. Uh, he went on talking, but right in the very next chapter, he begins to speak and impregnate the people of God with even greater and bigger promises. For Zion's sake, will I not hold my peace? And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation therefore as a lamp that burneth. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness and all kings thy glory. And thou shalt be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. Uh, you need to understand when, when this prophetic word begins to go forth, um, God is reminding these people, and I could continue reading, but for the sake of time, I want to get into this. When this prophetic word and utterance begins to go forth under divine inspiration and anointed of God, uh, Isaiah begins to remind them of their transgressions. He begins to remind them of their bondage. He begins to remind them of their separation from their creator. He begins to remind them that we are a people that are in and out of exile because um, of our transgressions, because of our iniquities, because of our refusal to get into lockstep with God's way, God's plan. We refuse to lend our ear to God's man. 
you need to understand that the backdrop of this setting uh, is every so often a good king comes along and, and unfortunately kingdoms rise and fall with the leadership that's before them and a good king would come forth and revival would break out but then his son would take the throne and all of a sudden uh, it would be right back on that roller coaster and it would seem that the promises of God that had been prophetically foretold to them for so long would escape them. And so then God would anoint another man and he would come and he would speak and he would not bypass their transgressions. He would not bypass their iniquities, but he would remind them that I'm not here to destroy you. I'm not here to judge you. What I'm here to do is show mercy on you so that I can bless you and not just bless you to bless you, but so that I can bless you to be a blessing that my kingdom may be established on earth as it is in heaven. And so, so here you have it. Ever so often, an anointing would come and a prophetic word would go forth. And, and I want you to notice um, that their response mirrors what our response is so often. And it is a spirit that I want to preach against today. And it is a, 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 a word that I want to give you and an anointing that's going to flow that is going to tear down these yokes and these walls that are holding us back. But Israel became so adept uh, to receiving a, a futuristic word from God. Uh, they learned how to get excited uh, when the preacher would get up and prophesy about things to come. Uh, they would get so excited uh, about an Isaiah coming on the scene and declaring uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Uh, he's anointed me to preach good tidings, uh, garment of praise for spirit of heaviness, uh, rebuilding of things that's been torn down. Uh, they would get excited as prophetic utterances uh, like Zechariah would come forth uh, and God would begin to remind them uh, that I've called you out. I've set you up. Uh, I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. I'm going to bless you coming in and bless you going Going out, uh, and they would get excited because it's coming. Uh, it's coming. Uh, oh, yeah. Give us another word, Brother Marks. Uh, prophesy to us again uh, about the revival in the Northwest that's going to break out. Uh, and if I could say it like this service after service, uh, and meeting uh, after meeting, uh, and gathering after gathering, uh, they would come uh, and they would get excited uh, about a futuristic prophetic word uh, of things to come. Oh, I feel like preaching to you today. And they learned to become so enamored about a word for things to come. That when you get over to the gospel of Luke chapter number 4. And after spending 40 days in spiritual warfare with the devil. And empowered. All of a sudden Jesus comes to church. And Jesus gets there in Nazareth that day uh, and he looks at all their little programs and they're singing their little songs and they're hanging on the promises that are still to come. Uh, here they are once again in bondage. Uh, they don't have their own political system. Uh, they're being ruled by others. They're not free to worship uh, like God really desires for them to be able to worship uh, and with great anointing uh, and with great authority. Uh, the word takes over with a word about the word. Uh, 
and Jesus stands up and he says, I need you to bring me something, boys. There's a futuristic word that's recorded in the prophecies of Isaiah. I want you to bring them to me. And it was at that time that Jesus stood up. He opened the book and he began to read. He began to declare that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He hath sent me to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And reading from this prophetic word, they were good little boys and girls, and they responded just like they had been witnessing for some 730 years since the prophet first spoke and impregnated them with great promise and great potentiality. They marveled at the words that were coming out of his mouth. This sounds good. We've never heard anybody. We've had a lot of prophets. Our grandparents listened to Isaiah and Jeremiah and Amos and Ezekiel. We watched as Daniel wrote about handwriting on the wall. But never have we had one stand in our midst and in their minds talk about things to come in such a way. You know what they were doing? They were doing what we're good at doing. Tears started coming down their face and dripping off their chin. Hands started going out and a declaration being made. If you can use anything, you can use me. We want that kind of revival. We want that kind of anointing. We believe you can send it. We believe you can do it. For 730 years, we've been getting excited about a futuristic prophetic word from God. But they had become so accustomed to responding to something that was to come. Then a hush and a silence fell over the multitude that day when he made another declaration and said, I'm not preaching to you something that is coming. I'm preaching to you about a right here, right now revival. He closed the book and declared this day this day, right here, right now, this day is your day. See, see, it's kind of like what's happening right here, right now. If I was weeping and crying and talking in tongues, and prophesying to you about something that's going to happen, I wouldn't have had near as many spectators remaining seated with arms crossed. Because we're programmed to respond to something that is to come. And we forget that now faith, not tomorrow faith, not stand out 2015 faith. 
not Friday night faith, but right now faith is the substance of, of things hoped for. Oh, it, it was burning in Jesus that day. He, he would go a little further, and he would tell a little lady, uh, he said, the time cometh up. Uh, See, he had to get her attention because they were so used to futuristic words. Uh, and it was hard for them to respond about right here, right now. He said, the time cometh. But wait a second, little lady. Uh, now is uh, when the Father desireth somebody uh, that will quit look, looking for it to come and start operating in it right now. tell you I have a word from the Lord for standout 2014. I'm preaching to you and I'm preaching to me and y'all have all the revival you want to have in Washington and Oregon and up and down the northwest coast but I'm preaching to Diggins, Missouri today too. We have many, many years of prophetic promises represented in this house today. From the time your pastor's pastor went to that city and started digging out that word and digging out that church and digging out that assembly, uh, you've been getting excited and responding to the prophetic utterance. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's going to come if we make it five years and if we make it ten years. And then 15 years will be a breakover point. And then we'll get somebody else in here to stir us and uh, help us realize, yes, we got hell coming. And yes, there's confusion in the assembly. And yes, people are walking out and people are walking away. But just hang on because it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. God sent me with a word for you today uh, and help you realize uh, it's not coming. Uh, it's here. Uh, but if it's meant to be, uh, it's up to me. Uh, I've got to get just as excited uh, and work while it is yet day uh, as I would be if I was perpetuating you to work for tomorrow. Jesus had their attention when he was talking about his coming. But when he started talking about it's here, man, that's, isn't that just Joseph's son? I mean, we could have had confidence in him if he was talking about something that happened tomorrow. But to stretch our faith and make us believe it can happen right now? You know if we go get them, 50 people can receive the Holy Ghost in this service tonight. You go get somebody that's sick. I'll give you a prophetic word. You bring somebody to church that's sick tonight, and we'll anoint them with oil. We'll lay hands on them, and God will save them right here, right now. Because God's will to show this assembly uh, that revival's not on the way. Uh, it's right here. It's right now. Book of Acts revival. 
seated. I'm just talking to you. See, this is where you, this is where you throw the game changer. He said, yeah, I know what you're getting ready to say because I'm talking to you about right here, right now, instead of next week, next month. Physician, heal yourself. <laughs> he said, well, let me, just, let me just give you a little something. Were there not many affected by the drought when I shut up the heavens and for a space of time there was no rain? I mean, I know the economy's bad in the Northwest. But if you've not been reading, the economy's bad everywhere. I know perversion is running rampant in the Northwest. But if you've been isolated so long, you hadn't recognized that perversion is rampant everywhere. I know Demas is forsaking you after serving you faithfully for so many years. But don't you know there's people walking away everywhere? Because everything that can be shaken is being shaken. He said, was not everybody, that's what he was trying to get at, was not everybody dealing with the same things? See, I could go to the Apostle Paul. I'm trying to hurry today, but I, I just feel such liberty. I could take you to the Apostle Paul where he said, there hath no temptation taken you but such as common to everybody else. Do you think you've got the monopoly on trouble? Do you think you've got the monopoly on people walking away? Do you think your church has the monopoly on having to rob Peter to pay Paul to keep pushing revival and bringing pit? You think you've got the monopoly on that? Was not everybody affected uh, when the heavens shut up and there was no rain? Yet in the midst of all the drama, was there not one little woman uh, that said, oh, no, uh, not tomorrow, uh, but right here, uh, right now, uh, I want revival. He said, oh, yeah, I know, I know people sick, because we live in a sick society. I know there's plagues. And he said, but were there not many lepers? But there was one. He said, I know everybody else is looking at the prophecy of things to come. But I want to know, can I talk to that preacher and get a word? Not about when... Healing can come in the gospels of leprosy. But I want to right here, right now revive. And see the hunger of one man provoked a futuristic word and turned it into a right now moment. Because the same preacher that keeps talking about things to come, he looked at that man and said, okay, you want it right here, right now? You don't have to wait. Just get down there to Jordan. Now, dunk yourself seven times. And when you come up, you will be washed. You. Will. 
See, see, we've we've grown so accustomed to a futuristic word. <laughs> but I'm just telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Some will, some won't. So what? Who's next? Because it's no longer revivals coming. Isn't it amazing how our vision and perception, it's like putting a frog in, in, in a cooker. And don't try this at home. But you know what? You, you, you can literally cook that frog to death by just slowly turning up the heat. Because that which is coming upon him is so suddenly and so slowly that he does not recognize. Can I just point out something? Do you think you've got to right here with revival on the way? This, this is proof right here where you're sitting that revival's not on the way. But it's way too easy for us to look to tomorrow. But sometimes you got to let tomorrow take care of itself and say, you know what? It's revival time right here, right now. I'm getting involved. I'm putting my hand to the plow. I'm, I'm just about ready to bring this all to a close. But I've got to remind you that the reason that it's so much easier to accept and it's coming tomorrow word than a it's here right now word is because it's coming tomorrow gives you more time to procrastinate. See, if revival's coming next year, well, then we're not pressed to start our bus ministry right now. You know, if the harvest is still six months down the road, then we can still spend four hours a day playing video games instead of. I mean, if revival, if it's still to come, if it's not right here, right now, then we can still come to church and be spectators and be a distraction to the participators by taking out our phones and getting pictures and clips of things that are meant to be experienced, not captured. See, when it becomes right here, right now, it's cloven tongues like as a fire that sets upon everybody. Uh, you don't have time for an IG moment. Uh, you're having an HG moment. Uh, you don't have time to take a picture of somebody else talking in tongues because you're talking in tongues. Uh, you don't have time to talk about somebody else getting loose because you're getting loose. Uh, but it's easier to talk about let's do it tomorrow. But at some point, we've got to start doing it today. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost trying to witness in this house right now. 
See, every promise has a price. And let me just remind you that the word said the end is going to be greater than the beginning. The latter is going to be greater than the former. That which to come is going to be greater than what's already happened. When are we going to realize that Acts is already a part of history? Which means the right here, right now, has already began. It's already God's will. It's already God's plan. The problem is getting us to submit to the plan and to pay the price that turns the promise from one that's coming to one that's here. See, I don't even feel some of it right now. Appreciate you standing. You can stand and sit. And you're going to get plenty more opportunities to get up and down because I've got a word to deliver. See, you, you feel the resistance even kind of right now with me just saying that because we are a let's get in, let's get out, let's get it over with generation. But if you're going to have Book of Acts right here, right now, instead of Book of Acts tomorrow, you've got to follow the plan that brought Book of Acts yesterday. They were so hungry for the promise to be right here, right now, not next week, next year, that they, it was kind of like Jacob, see, God had already showed what he would do with this kind of an attitude. They locked themselves in a room and they said, we're not in a hurry to get out of here. We're in a hurry to experience the promise. And so we're going to tarry uh, until it goes from a tomorrow word uh, to a right here, right now word. Tell you, I grew up in church. This is all I've ever known. I strayed and done some stupid things that I'm still paying for today. But I, 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 I grew up in old time Pentecost. I grew up watching people get out of wheelchairs and my dad that was never supposed to walk again be healed. And I was sitting just three people over, about a six-year-old child, when a, a, a lady fell over dead. And while the ambulances was trying to get there, the elders anointed her with oil and brought her back to life. I, I know what all that's like, but I tell you what else I remember. Uh, they didn't have this let's hurry up and get through it attitude. There was many nights... Then I said my good night prayers, not as mama was tucking me into the sheets, 
But as I finally gave up of us ever getting out of here and crawled underneath the pew and closed my eyes and never remembered them carrying me out and carrying me home. But they were having revival. They were seeing people filled with the Holy Ghost. They were witnessing the dead being raised. They were witnessing the paralyzed walk again. But they had an attitude. I'll tarry. I'm worried about a right here, right now. More than I'm worried about fellowship after church. I've got to connect because I want the fire to fall. We got to get back to being willing to tarry. I'm, I'm not here to chastise you. I'm just trying to trying to provoke you. I'm troubled we start having prayer meetings and people can't pray 10 or 12 minutes while they're having to check. I'm going to tell you, we ought to have more reverence and more respect for the Spirit of God than to be that disruptive and distractive. And we've allowed ADD to become a crutch for us not to tarry. Let me tell you, it's not easy for anybody to tarry. What drives tarrying is hunger and desire for right here, right now. And when you get desperate enough for that young man that walked away to an alternative lifestyle, when you get desperate enough for him to come back today, uh, you won't care who's posting what. You'll be underneath one of these pews saying, I'm not letting go. Uh, until mercy. Baby, you're not going to do that patty cake. And, uh, you're not going to do that re just responding to a word uh, at this conference uh, on a Friday afternoon. Uh, but something has to burn within you uh, that says not tomorrow, uh, but right here, right now. Uh, whatever price I've got to pay, I'm willing to submit to the process. That, that leads me to my next point, and I only have a couple more. But people who get hungry for a right here, right now, they surrender themselves. They surrender themselves. Their actions, their words, their response to the Spirit. And they're not embarrassed or concerned by criticism of acting the way they act when they're under the influence of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you, Pentecost has become way too pretty in our praise. I mean, really, I appreciate that good singing this morning, but it really ain't true much anymore. They're not calling us holy rollers and always making fun. Because they come to church and we're not praising any differently than their church is praising. 
we're not getting any looser than their people are getting loose. I mean, everybody's hopping up and down. But let me remind you that when Book of Acts became right here, right now, before they ever asked, what must we do? They first asked, what meaneth this? Explain to us the spiritual influence that's having on your young men and young ladies uh, where they're zoned out and they're connected to something beyond this world. And when that was available to explain, uh, then all of a sudden they said, well, what do I have to do to get this? Uh, because if it works for them, it'll work for me. How long has it been since you're so drunk in the spirit that your shout wasn't shallow, but it was staggering? It wasn't something cute for people to watch. But people who weren't feeling it like you was feeling it were saying, man, pastor needs to get a hold of that. I mean, why do you let somebody act like that in church? Don't, don't, don't we know? I mean, come on. I mean... You want me to bring my sophisticated neighbor? And you're going to let little sweet sister so-and-so? I mean, God is a God of order. I mean, you're going to let her, woo, and twirl right there? If we want it right here, right now, we will. Because instead of running away, they'll be scared half to death, but their knuckles will be turning white on the back of a pew because all the while they're wanting to get out. They're feeling compelled to get in. But somewhere, we've got to get back to being influenced by the Spirit. We need to learn to dance as David danced. Not as this generation dances, but as David danced. A dance so filled with power uh, that he didn't look like a king. Uh, he just appeared to be a common servant because it's that kind of influence that God works in and God works through. See, some of you really want to do more than what you're doing, but you're so scared about what if it don't work? Well, what if it does work? What if it's your dance that brings your mama back to church? What if it's your crazy praise that brings deliverance from that addiction to pornography you can't shake? I know you can talk about what if it don't work, but let me tell you, it does work because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if it worked in Acts, it'll work right here, right now.
Hey, you right here, right now, people, don't worry about the wait till it gets a little bit wider, people. You just go ahead right here, right now, because I'm telling you, there's going to be a demonstration of the power of God. It's not just going to happen here this morning, but you get ready, because tonight there's going to be miracles. There's going to be signs. There's going to be wonders. There's going to be confirmations. There's going to be backsiders pray back through. Uh, there's going to be new converts birth uh, because somebody quit waiting for tomorrow uh, and said right here, uh, right now, uh, don't pass me by. Uh, don't pass me by. Uh, whatever you're doing in this season, uh, don't do it without me. Uh, don't do it without me. Uh, don't do it without me. don't work. They've been praying for him for months. And here he stands, not waiting on it to come, but right here, right now. It's our season. It's our day. But somebody has to get faith. Shut up talking to me about what's going to happen. You need to start responding to what is happening. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of deliverance. Today is the day of healing. Today is the day of the miraculous. Come on, I appreciate you watching what's happening here, but God's wanting to do it for you where you're at. God's wanting to do it in the assembly you represent. God wants to do it in the church that you pastor. you if you need a healing I feel healing in the wings today if you need a healing I don't care how young or how old you are you lift your hands and receive a miracle from God right here right now I don't care how many times you've been prayed for God's wanting to use you as a testimony raise your hands and receive it right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ. 